host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. Welcome, everybody, to the Resilient Minds podcast. I'm sitting here with an amazing, brilliant marketer doing tremendous things in the world, Mr. Sunny. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Dude, you know, um, I'm grateful that you're here. I know we were just talking about, you know, me, me being in Brazil in the jungle and you being in the concrete jungle of New York City. <laughs> Um, it's amazing to have that contrast and, you know, being able to sit here and serve and, and connect, um, you know, what else is possible, you know, moving forward in the world of us being on the completely, you know, different side of the hemispheres. So brother, um, just first of all, I want to say thank you. I'm excited. Let's, let's kick it off. And for those of you that don't know who Sun is, Sun is the founder and principal of Night Owls. He, it's an award-winning digital branding agency in New York City. This A-plus team is known for its tight-knit culture, you know, the expert knowledge in branding, in copywriting, and high-quality design, as well as exceptional client service. Over the last 12 years, Sun has helped brands grow revenues by a total of billions of dollars. He has a passion for personal branding, and he has worked with best-selling authors and world-renowned speakers such as Mel Robbins, Jay Shetty, and Gabby Bernstein. Apart from household names like the American Red Cross, Spotify, Columbia University, and Swabao. He also loves to teach and create educational content for personal brands on Instagram, which is one of the main places where he develops his amazing content. So go make sure you follow, like, and you know, stay focused on all the tremendous knowledge that this man is dropping. So again, thank you, brother. Welcome. Thank you so much, Eric. That was a pretty amazing intro. <laughs> I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, definitely going to have to use that one. <laughs> Bless you, bro. I love you the know, door in your background too. Thanks, bro. Um, you anyway. know, just behind that door, behind that door, there's um, a tremendous, huge jungle. And the other day, um, they were doing like a cacao ceremony on the other side of the river and on the other side of the river um, it was it's, it's probably like a you know maybe a 30 minute walk but it, it was because it's in the valley it literally felt like all night and it, by the way the, all night they were going but like the beat of the drums and the cacao ceremony and the like the the, the music was so um so loud and so like significant. I literally was able to hear it all day, all night. It was amazing. And yeah, man, it's just like being stuck in, yeah, in the culture has been, it's been so beautiful to be here amongst the tribes and and, and, like, and for those of you that are listening in, I'm in the Brazilian jungle right now, just below the Amazon rainforest. So it's, it's actually pretty, pretty. Not a bad place to be right now. (laughs) Dude, right? Like, um, so tell me that, you know, something to actually discuss real quick before we get into it is like, how is it in New York City with all of this, you know, this COVID stuff going on? Because I know I was just talking to my parents and they live in Canada uh, and in Edmonton, Alberta, and they're saying like they can't go to people's houses right now because people might get fined. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Canada is a little bit more stricter than us, mm-hmm. but um yeah, I mean, New York City, I think, is uh, every time something I was here during 9-11, I was here during the blackout. Like I've, I've been through it all. And whenever uh, from an outsider point of view, they see it, they're like, oh, are you OK, son? Like, it, like, I think it always sounds more worse than it really is. So every time something happens, my parents are always calling me and like checking in on me. But it's never as bad as it sounds like on the news. But yeah, it sucks because, you know, we're pretty much stuck home all day um i don't i don't get to go outside too much um but this instagram thing has been uh so i got on instagram after covid started and it's been like a blessing for me yeah because it's just like this right like like what you were saying like connecting from you know in the middle of the jungle like during this time i've been able to actually meet people that are like so alike like so like-minded 
And I guess, you know, that's another value of putting out content is when you're putting out content and you're speaking your truth, you're just going to automatically check other people like you. And I've met people this last seven months that like I connect with more than like some of my best friends. So it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. Dude, and it's fascinating that like you've just started using really, um, you know, the, the, the platform powerfully anyways, um, a lot more over the last seven months. I didn't know that. And I love that. That's amazing that you like touched on that. Um, and on the resilient minds, I always talk about how our experiences in life really contribute to our biggest why, to our why factor, right? And so I know that, you know, you've been doing amazing things and you pointed out just recently how you were able to pivot and utilize the, the powerful force of, of, you know, Instagram and, and the online platforms to pivot your, your business. But what, you know, let's, let's, let's take it back a little bit further, even, even from there. It's like, what is it that, you know, you feel um, has allowed you over the past 12 years to really create that defining component of whether it was an ebb and flow, whether those experiences have, you know, been good or bad, you've allowed yourself to persevere with that resilient mindset, you know, to cultivate what you have today. And, and, and that might have meant showing up during COVID and saying, no, there's no fucking way I'm going to, I'm going to find a way or I'm going to create one um, or, you know, whatever it takes be, be before that. So has there been any of these like fundamental points? And I know this is a fucking loaded question, bro. And I, yeah, and yeah. I know like so many directions, but my essence here is genuinely saying, has there been a defining moment in your life where you realized wow, I need to really step into my why because of this experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I had that exact moment about three years into my business. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, like, you know, I, I did the whole, like, quit my corporate nine to five. Like, you know, I want to want my freedom and I started and all of that. But I think like, you know, when I talk to most entrepreneurs that are like, at least like not online, like kind of entrepreneur, but like in the brick and mortar businesses, a lot of them actually don't really, if I ask them, why are they, what's your why, right? Why are you in business and all of that? A lot of them can't actually answer that question. They're like, I don't know, so I can pay rent. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like the money is kind of like the the main money, the freedom, the, the respect or power or whatever it is, that's kind of being a boss, that's kind of like their why. And for me, it was the same thing, right? I always like wanted to be a boss. And then when you start a business, you realize like you don't want to be the boss. Like the boss actually is the most stressful job, right? <laughs> you're, when you're the boss, everyone else is your boss, right? So yeah. about three years into it, what was happening is I was going to work. I built, I love making websites. I love, you know, creating things. And I've always enjoyed that my whole life, which is why I made websites. And that's what I was doing for clients. And at a certain point, my business went from like zero to 20 employees, like in the first three years. And it's, we were just like, we were, we were in the rat race, right? You were like, get clients, close sales, hire more people to do the work, close more sales and just kept growing with that. We're just like swimming out into the ocean. And then like three years into it, like I was waking up every day, miserable. Like I, I was dreading to get out of my own, like hit the snooze button, <laughs> going to work in my own company. I'm like, dude, I'm more miserable now than when I was working at a nine to five job, right? Like, why did I start this business? So that question kind of first, like peaked his head around that time. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I, why am I doing this? Like, where am I going? And I like the analogy I use is, I feel like I've been swimming, swimming, swimming after something in the middle of the ocean. And then at that moment, like I just realized like I'm in the middle of the ocean and I don't know where I'm going, but I have to keep swimming because I have all these clients that, you know, like I have clients like every morning I'm waking up to emails, like problem, putting out fires, you know, stress that I'm not doing any of the things that I want to do, which is actually making website. All I'm doing is just answering to clients making sure my employees are happy. <laughs> like I was just that I was just operating a business, right. Which is not why I got into business. So 
yeah, I suffered like almost depression for like three months that because of that. And like, I, I just wow. felt like my life had no purpose, right? Um, yeah, so that was kind of the wow. defining moment, I guess. <laughs> so, so going into that feeling of like, feeling like you had no purpose, but yet you still had like a successful business. What really helped you see, you know, first of all, how did it make, you mentioned that you were depressed and you were, um, you felt unfulfilled even, um, what I'm hearing. And what was it that specifically helped you recognize, was there like a breakthrough moment? Was there like a client had said something? Was you heard somebody say something? Um, that allowed you to say, I got to change something. And what was it specifically that you, you changed or had to change? Felt like you had to change. Actually, that's a good, great question. I, I never thought about that, but because th these things usually happen gradually, right? Like it's not like one day I wake mm -hmm. up and like all these things happen, right? I, I dug myself into that hole, right? But then I wasn't happy and like, you know, people can see it, right? Because the way you, I'm always frustrated or things like that, like, playing the blame game or whatever it is, right? And at that time, I had um, uh, three employees who like, who were like my key kind of employees. They were like managers and uh, people that were basically very much involved. And what I was doing is I, they can sense my frustration, right? And they felt, it kept going to a point where they felt like that, that I'm not gonna have it, I'm not gonna let them uh, make decisions, right? That I was like a control freak. I'm like, no, it has to be this way, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't like, I mean, that I guess it's a completely different topic that like that I was a control freak, that that was also a problem. But I think it just, it, it amplified because I was so unhappy, right? So every day I was like in a moody, like that kind of mood. One day, like one of them called me one night and you know say, saying like like we, I want to have a talk with you or we want to have a talk all three of them <laughs> so I was like yeah. uh oh like you know as a business owner whenever like a client says they want to talk or an employee they want to talk you kind of know something is up right and he was going on vacation I was like let's just talk tonight because I don't want to wait till because I'm, I'm going to be worried all week if you're <laughs> so we talked and yeah. he said like he basically said that straight up like you know like I, I don't think in this company that I'm going to be able to uh, do anything where you turn it down or like that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have that kind of control. I'm not going to have that kind of freedom. And then like, he wants to leave. And then like, I just, but I guess I started crying and like, it was just, that was the start of, that was kind of like the thing that triggered it. And it took a few months mm. after that. And then for me to actually turn that ship around took actually three years. Cause I couldn't just like fire everyone, like screw all the clients. Like I had to <laughs> slowly turn the, turn it around. Right. So, but I think that was like the turning, the, the little spark that started it. <laughs> I love it. So, so what did you do to turn it around? Because that's really, I'm curious because I think that there's so many people out there that think that, you know, they go down this rabbit hole and, and it may not even be a business. It may be, you know, their personal life. It may be their, you know, their, uh, nine to five job it may be their experience within themselves it may be something that they want to create and they feel like they're stuck right mm -hmm. they feel like they're stuck yeah. so at that point what it was it where were, and, and this sounds to me like there was a moment of resilience there where you needed to like step into your your greatness step into your power step into your purpose so what was it at this point that you needed to really do to shift and start turning that, that, that boat around. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's great that you mentioned that because I think that happens not just once in our life, but it actually, I think happens a few times in, in our lives. Right. Yeah. So like after this whole, and in different areas. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it might be like with family. Sometimes it might be, it might be in a relationship that you're stuck yeah. with that you're not happy in. Right. Or it might be a job that you're stuck with, or it can manifest in different ways. But usually when there's like a pull, right? When there's something that's like pulling you away from like what you're doing day to day, that's kind of like, a, 
And like, that's why I love that you're in the jungle, kind of like connecting with yourself. Cause I think in that, in those moments is when you truly see what is it that you really want. Right. Um, and who, who you really are at, in that instance. Absolutely. So how I did was, I think in those moments, I, you know, it's not like you just drop everything and just go, like, you don't just like, if you have a, if you're married and you have a family, you don't just like screw you guys and just leave. Right. Or, you know, at that time I had a business, I had employees that are depending on me, clients that are depending on me. So yeah, you have to set, set it up. So I knew it was going to take time. I didn't um, just fire anyone. I, what I knew is I wanted to be doing the hands-on work. I wanted to work on projects. So I knew I wanted a smaller team. I wanted to raise my prices so we can work on small, uh, so I can be involved in the projects and still maintain some sort of a high, high revenue. So I wanted to make that happen and it took three years, but essentially it was like every time a client, we raise our prices slowly. So as we raise our prices, we have less clients, but maintain the revenue, right? So uh, to give you an idea, we went from an average doing like websites for $10,000, $12,000 to now we're doing websites at fifty dollars to $100,000, right? So less, less projects, higher prices. And then when, when people left the company, we didn't, we didn't, Back then, it's like, oh, we're busy. We need to hire, hire, hire. But we didn't do that. We did, we did it very intentionally, right? Like, we never hired somebody on, like, unless we need somebody six months out, right? Like, it's, it's, we don't hire somebody to put out the fire right now because that never works. That just causes more problem. So, yeah. So every time somebody left, we, we kind of, we shanked the team little by little by little. So we did it very intentionally and very carefully. Um, and yeah, I love it, man. Work, and, yeah. and it sounds like you you evolved in your leadership style as well in the way that you were able to persevere through you know those uncertainties. But it was also like a lot about like yourself. So what was it within that? Was there any moment of like inner work that you really like started to reflect upon to see like you know because you've been on this profound journey, right? You've evolved into the future man you know, the man that you are today. So what was it that changed in your belief system that as you grew through this um, evolution in your business, right? Because I can tell you at the beginning of my business a year ago, or, or sorry, I, in the first year of my business, not a year ago, but in the first year of my business, um, three years ago, I had a team that I also was not effective or efficient in a lot of my like control freakness came in. So this really resonates with me in, you know, today I have, you know, a team of almost like 15 people, 16, we'll see over the next couple of days, but it, same thing. It was like, I feel like, you know, it was at 1.20 and we're like, we're, 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 we're recognizing these efficiency decisions that we can like slow down and, and expand in different areas. But what changed in the belief system of the team as a leader that allowed you to really um, lean on them a little bit more? And maybe, maybe it was a completely different subject, but like what th that belief system must have somehow yeah. um, been rectified or reflected upon. Yeah, definitely. I do a lot of uh, like self-reflections. <laughs> So yeah, to answer your question, like that actually didn't happen until years later. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I'm, I'm constantly evolving, right? I'm always trying to improve these type of things. Um, but first, I think the first thing was the ego, right? Like I, the next few years after that, I like, what I found out is that like ego was my biggest, like it, it was my biggest problem. <laughs> and not ego in a sense like just you know like i'm the i'm the shit like not that kind of like that too but more than that like you know ego can hurt me in like oh i need i need to show respect like i also like my identity right i'm like i'm this person and i need to maintain that person identity i mean i need to maintain and i would go over and beyond to maintain that identity and that it's it's kind of and they're all kind of related, right? Because like, if I'm saying, hey, everything that we put out as night owls, like as a company, if we're giving it to client, it has to be at this 
like it has to be this level of quality and all of that. And I had to control my employees to make sure that they do that. So it's all kind of included, right? Because if, if, if I put out mediocre work, then it reflects poorly on me and that, that goes against my identity and all of that. Yeah. So I think that's where it started. And then years later, I really learned to let go. And, you know, instead of like controlling the outcome, um, I started like just being present, right? Like, I, mm. like, what can I do at this moment to make this person understand like what, what I would like, right? And make them understand it. And then don't expect anything in the outcome, which is what I was doing. I'm like, hey, can, can you finish this by this date? Like, boom, set a deadline. And boom, like now in my brain, that expectation is locked in. Okay, by this date, this guy's going to finish this thing. And if that doesn't happen, that's when like everything falls apart, right, for me. And now, like, even if I set a date, blah, 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 like, I just assume that that can very, very likely not happen also. And that's okay. And in that case, what, what do I do? You know, like, so I just kind of let go of that. Outcome. I love it. <laughs> detachment. It sounds, and what I'm hearing is detachment. Yeah. Detachment you from know? the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. And I, I think that's a powerful place to be in as a leader. Um, I think so many of us, you know, and not saying that we don't drive 150% into like the desired um, place that we want to in, in, intentionally show up as with our purpose, with our passion, but also recognizing that there are um, things that happen along the way. And there are things that aren't going to work out. And there are people that are going to, you know, mess up and be, and how can we be fascinated with it? Like Tony would say, exactly, <laughs> and, yeah. and making, yeah, like that allows us to now become, I think, better leaders and it sounds to me like you have to let go of that yeah. ego first because that ego is what stopped because like if COVID happens this is out of my control there are certain things that's not I'm not going to be able to deliver and and people are gonna you know think of me as less than or because of this happened that's out completely outside of my control and but in, and if, yeah. if an employee does that that can be completely outside of a control because that I haven't I don't have control over what they do right but then if Absolutely. my ego is there and I just drop that ego and say, hey, like if, if it doesn't work out perfectly, that's still okay. That doesn't mean that's, you know, like, because I don't have an identity, I don't have that ego. So it's, I'm not going to be like going like all crazy trying to force that to happen, you know? <laughs> Brother, you know, it sounds to me like you've been, you know, you've been really, you know, doing the work, um, which, which I think it's a constant and never ending improvement focal point of, of what we want to show up as. But if you could send a message to yourself, maybe somebody, maybe not even yourself, but somebody, you know, that is just starting, what would you tell them? So this is something I try to live by and I, even now I have to remind myself constantly, but like with my younger self, I, well, I would definitely say like, focus on, like somebody said, like focus on what's on your desk, right? Like do the best job and what's in front of you. Because I think for me, all my passions and things like that, like, like when I was starting a podcast, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about, okay, here's the cover. Here's what's going to be. I need this audio equipment. I got all these things. And I, I just build up this huge expectation. And at the end, when I, when I just like, I, I'm, I'm just looking at those goals, it actually takes me away from those goals. Like the way I've achieved everything in my life was by just doing the best job in what's in front of me. Like the first website I've ever made. I just try to make it the best website in the world, right? As, as much as I can. And that led me to my next job and then so on and so on. And it's just how, how the world unfolds is so, it's so mysterious. And that's kind of exciting that yes, I might have goals. I might have, uh, you know, high level goals, but I'm not gonna like 
at this point today, I'm going to focus on this task that's in front of me. I'm just going to do the best job on that. And then that's going to lead me to tomorrow. And so on and so on. Uh, <laughs> presence, brother. I love it. Yeah, presence. Exactly. Uh, I think that, you know, and I'm guilty of, of like, I could be the first one to say that I, I'm absolutely guilty of wanting to you know look into the future and or or really confirming my identity based off of the past or wanting to evolve it to some form of the future and what being here in brazil um what allowed what's being in nature what like has allowed me to really understand is that you know we have the power to make a decision and a choice to be fully present. And it was fascinating. And I just want to elaborate on that a little bit, because I think that this, this part like really hits home for me, what you're sharing. I woke up one day and I'm like in the middle of the jungle, the Wi-Fi wasn't working. I could get no work done. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, where the fuck did I come? Like my ego is just screaming, right? Like screaming, like, why are you here? You like you were just in Australia, you know, it, like on a riverfront, perfect, you know, view, like it was beautiful. But you know what I realized in that moment? And it was super empowering. It was like, I decided this. I decided this. And this is where I decided to surrender into to continue to trust that the process is so powerful. And that to me was like, it was so awakening. And I decided in that moment that I'm going to be way more present. So presence and, and really coming to the team or to the clients or to anybody in that element, in that form of presence, I think is like so empowering to share, brother. And I think that I, I totally resonate with what you're, you're sharing right now, because if we can focus on what's in front of us, then those collective moments over and over and over again dictate exactly. to where we are headed. Yeah. And I love that you had that experience because, you know, like if you're living in New York City and you're just like in that hustle and bustle, it's going to be harder for you to, it's like, it's like you trying to eat healthy when you're like, you know, in a cake shop or something like that, right? It's just, it's harder, but the more you do it, like since you had that, you reminded yourself, you're like, oh, that's right. You do the more you do it, the easier it gets. Just like it's just like reps, right? And yeah, I, I feel like that's what we're missing so much. I feel like, especially like with the younger people now, because like one of the things that like a lot of uh, younger designers or agency owners and, and things like that tell me is like they talk to me about sales, right? Like going to a sales meeting or something like that. And like for me, it was like a huge change in for me, like I, I got to a point where I was pretty much like closing everything, right? And it happened when I went in without the expectation of an outcome, without, because before I would like do the research, like look in their company, do this and have all the answers ready and like have all this list of things that I'm gonna say to impress them and like going in like in my head, right? Without being present. Mm -hmm. but. When I stop that, right, like just meditate for even like 10 minutes before you go into a meeting and you just clear your mind and go in and you're just going in to connect with whoever you're having a meeting with. Like that makes such a night and day difference that you don't even have to prepare anything because most clients are always having meetings where somebody is pushing their agenda on them. When they have a meeting with somebody who's just totally present and really listening to them and really connecting with them, it's such a refreshing experience for them that it, it creates such a, such a strong bond immediately. And yeah, I, I, for me, that was like the, literally the, if I was like teach sales or something like that, that's like meditate before you go into sales and just be present. Like that's what, I think that's the key that I'm like. And that's why list series of those listening. Things. Yeah. Listening. It sounds like, yeah, like you're like just your, your level, your level of listening is so in tune to what the person is saying. So then this way you can have off of valuable advice 
because you now know that you have that moral responsibility to serve them. Yeah. And that's like a perfect example of why when you're present, even though you're not like thinking about the future and all of that, you're not thinking about impressing them, you're actually going to have more success. Like in little ways like that, I think, about everything. Brother, I love this. Um, <clears throat> I love this. This is so valuable and so, so insightful for anybody that's listening either live or, or coming back. But I wanted to, you know, um, position or, or pivot, not position, pivot a little bit in regards to like, you know, night owls in your agency and how you've been showing up. Um, you know, what describe the process, because I know that personal branding has been so powerful for you. <clears throat> you know, you've been serving some tremendous people, um, you know, for example, Jay Shetty, like such a, such a big, you know, for me, like, I love, I love, you know, Think Like a Monk has been just like a life-changing book, like super powerful. Yeah. And for me, it's like, how can people show up in that capacity in a way more advanced and experienced lifestyle that is going to really um, bring more value through their personal branding, through ways that they should do. And like, what's that process look like when it comes to like working with you or showing up um, in that space? Like for people, for people who want to build their own personal brand or for people who yeah. want to work with personal brands? Yeah, for people that want to create their own personal brand. Sorry. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, like one of the things that I notice about because I work with all different kinds of personal brands. Some of them are like big best-selling authors, motivational speakers. Some of them are like coaches. Some of them are yoga teachers, you know, like all different levels and all different types. And one thing I noticed like with the most successful ones is that one, they're super authentic. Um, like in a way that, <clears throat> you know, so the way they are on camera, the way they're in public is pretty much like the, how they are in real life. And secondly, they truly, truly care about helping people, truly care about serving people and just really, um, and that's the one difference I see, right? So if I work with like a new brand who wants to be in front of the spotlight and wants to build a brand, what I see is like when, if we shoot a course video or a sales video or something like that, uh, right away, they're so focused on the set, their their makeup, their wardrobe, like these are the, the shots, like these are the things that they pay attention to. But if I look at some of our biggest clients, like they're 100% focused on the content, like how can I deliver value on this video, right? That's where they're, so you can kind of see that difference. But the work that I do with them mostly is I help them simplify their message. I think. They have, first they have to be there. Everybody has this superpower, right? And so how, how do we communicate to the Absolutely. world in a simple way? And the analogy that I've been using is like, um, you know, we all have friends that come to us for a certain type of advice. Like for example, for me, my friends come to me when they just want to hear it straight up, like no bullshit, no beating around the bush. They just want the truth, right? Then they come to me, but if they, let's, so let's say somebody like broke up with their girlfriend or boyfriend and they just want to be, you know, they just want somebody to say, Hey, everything's going to be okay. Then most likely they're not going to come to me, but if they want to like sit and analyze and what did I do wrong? Whatever it is, like, they just want the truth, like from, from a objective perspective, then they're going to come to me. So that. And even the same people, they might not always come to me for advice. They might come to me when they want to hear the truth, but they, when they just want to heal, feel like comforted, they might go to someone else who's good at that, right? So I think everybody has that kind of superpower, right? Like for me, I'm always, I'm really passionate about everything. So if somebody, I, I cannot do like small talk. So if somebody comes to me advice, we're going deep. <laughs> and also I'm, I love they're going to I love that. I'm the same way. I love that. And, and by the way, bro, I'm just, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just feel the passion, bro. It's like, that is what I sense from our conversation immediately. It's like, 
we can go deep, right? Yeah. And this is where like the, the depth of, of a relationship really, and that's probably why you're able to build such incredible rapport with people, right? Because willing to be authentically vulnerable. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think that um, what you, you talked about too, with like the, the, the people that are really showing up in the world and the service they're providing and the value that they're giving is like focusing on the content and how is that being added value to, you know, the people that are listening. And to yeah. me, that's like, wow, you're right. Like that, that for me was right now, you just gave me a breakthrough, right? Because that was like something that is like, it's super evident in, although I've never looked at it in that frame, um, it's so powerful to really see that there is a, a difference. People are full content is king. Yeah. And, I, and to that sense, I would actually recommend um, for people that are growing at the growing stage to actually hire somebody or partner with somebody who's going to handle the business side. Because a lot of our bigger clients, like they're so kind of of service that somebody has to pull them away because otherwise they're just going to be like <laughs> sitting there doing meet and greet for like 10 hours. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's where their intention is. They just want to help, right? So, but in order, but if you do, if you're just sitting there doing meet and greets all day long, then you can't actually grow your brand. So I would highly recommend, like, I don't think the personal brand, the, the person that's sending out the message and, and then like the face of the brand should be the one that's running that operation site. Because in order to run a successful business, you have to a lot of times say no, and you have to draw lines and you have to do that. But that goes against that other personality of like constantly wanting to help everyone. Do you know what I mean? So that. It's, it's kind of like balance. Yeah. And one person can't do both. Like yeah. at first, that's kind of, that's another like mistake that I learned. Right. Like I try to do both. I'm like, oh, I can be a, I can be an operator and I can do this too. But it's like such an opposing forces that you almost need, like people are going to sense that, right. If you're like, oh yeah, I want to get on the call with you, but you know, I just, <laughs> if you're starting to calculate, then people can sense that. So somebody else has to come in and do that for you. Somebody has to be that wall to, you know, block out your times and things like that. Brother, um, it's, it's, it's so crazy how you're sharing this is like, you know, I think of that right now with even like my COO, my operator, like there's so many times where like, you know, he's doing so many of the client meetings. Right. And then I'm just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. <laughs> it's like, Holy shit. Uh, and, and you uh, need both you need both you need yeah whatever you know, yeah. somebody like you uh, yeah <laughs> it's so, so yeah it's, i think it's, it's so, good to have that balance go ahead no no no. go ahead sorry i didn't mean to interrupt my apologies oh no i was just gonna say that like i i see a lot of people myself included in, in the early days try to do both because we see you know, we see people, for me, I'm a creative, so I like doing the work and I like really making this perfect and helping people and things like that. And then I see all these businessmen and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that too. But the truth is like, I, that was my week, like just organizing, cutting things off and just like thinking about profits and things like that. That was my weakness actually. And I had to, like, like now my wife is kind of, handling all of that part. And if I look at most of our clients, it's, it's similar. A lot of them work with their spouse and they each wear those hats or they have a business partner or, or, or a, like a COO or, you know, a general manager or somebody who does that part. Yeah. Yeah. And you must, it's, 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 it's a must. And I think that that's like super powerful. It's like owner versus operator, owner versus operators. Like, you need to, if you want to be an owner, you need to have an operator. There, there's no question, right? Um, and that is, that is where like <clears throat> having that, that ability to have a com combination of different people on your team 
is has has allowed me so much um, ability and, and also provided me tons of stress. But I think that that's super important. Like, and it's that leadership evolution um, that you have, you know, that you're going through, that I'm going through, that you know you've gone through, I'm going through, <laughs> and you know, it's 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 amazing. So, you know, pivoting a little bit further with your values. And, you know, it sounds to me like you, you have, you know, tremendous values and integrity in the way that you want to really show up in the world, not only just by adding value, by, uh, you know, flourishing your impact, by also helping the results for yourself and clients. You know, how do these values, or maybe there's a different set of them, um, show up in your work regularly? Yeah, I guess... Um... I think everybody has values and everybody has integrity, but I think a lot of people don't know what their values are, right? I think a lot of people say, like, for example, like a lot of people say, oh, money is not important. Like, like money is like in the low kind of on most people's value list. But the truth is that's actually not true because deep inside, if that is not, <laughs> let's say it's like number three on your value list, but you're lying to yourself by saying that that's not like, you're not going to have that integrity because there's, there's a mismatch between what you're saying and what your true value inside is. Right. So this took me a long time to figure out, but for me, like my highest value is like truth and honesty. And then, and then next is like knowledge, curiosity, learning stuff. And then actually, you know, money comes like, somewhere between like three to five there and and also helping providing value right I, I would say actually probably number three or something like that like just providing like making myself useful <laughs> and yeah and the way I do that is by helping people and providing value right and then just like human relationship was actually not that high on my value and that was the problem when I was running a company in the beginning I used to you know like basically say these lies like it's all about the team it's we and like all of those things but and I truly believed it but then through a lot of like self-discovery and things like that I realized that actually relationships are not really that high on my value list helping others is so like when I whenever I jump on a call like this or meet somebody and trying to help them, I, I am. But I'm terrible at like keeping relations. Like people, my friends always have to contact me, right? <laughs> like I don't go out of my way to like maintain their relationship. And for some people, their relationship is like number one on their value list. But I think most importantly, you first have to know what is the priority of your, your own values, which is different from other people's value. So for me, that providing value and honesty is like number one. So how it, that manifests in my work is like every time I do a website, I always provide more than what they pay me. And that's always got me to get, the, get a better client, get, get the better job, get, get people to hire me more and things like that. And right now, like I'm kind of, um, I'm, I'm building an online course and Yep. The way, so at first I got carried away with that. So if you don't have strong value, you're just going to get like pulled away in all different directions. And what was happening to me was like, everybody's saying like, and that, because I do this for a living, right? Like marketing, lead back, that's all of that. Like everyone was saying like, you got to build a list. You got to do lead back. You got to do a webinar and then upsell them to this and downsell and all of like build your funnel and all of those things. All of the tactics. Yeah, all, all of the, all the tactics. I'm like, oh yeah, I should be doing that. I, should be. I felt like I was not doing any of it, right? And like recently what I realized is that like, so one of the things that I was struggling with was I want to teach this course on how to tell stories on social media, right? But I know that mm -hmm. in order for me to really provide value and really teach somebody where somebody who takes this course to really get a value and you know, use it and really to change their life is if, if it's done a certain way and it requires a little bit of work on their end, right? But yeah, yeah. from the marketing side, <laughs> I know that those don't sell, right? In order for me to actually sell courses, sell webinars and things like that, I have to like 
dummy everything down and make it easy for them and say, hey, you, one hour a week and you can do this, right? Like, <laughs> and, you know, just coming in from the marketing perspective. So I always struggle with, yeah. am I a teacher or am I a marketer, right? And yeah. eventually, yeah. like, I decided I, I want to be a teacher. So maybe I won't do you, sell Do you think that that's like... Uh, do you Sorry. think that uh, my question here, and I, and I, I don't mean to interrupt, but do you think that there could be like as marketers, because, you know, we're both, you know, perceived and looked at through maybe the lens of a lot of the societies like, oh, you know, they're marketers and, you know, they could, they could, they could look at us as, um, you know, they don't, you know, they're, they're doing things, but they're not doing things or, or whatever the perception may be. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that there's, there's an awareness that we can cultivate and create collectively as you know, men that want to really go and out there and do better things, as you know, you know, one of my one of my mentors is Todd, Todd Brown. I'm sure I'm sure that you know Todd. Um, and uh, I always say is like we always talk about is actually on the podcast too. And we talked about like so much about how we can learn and add value. And adding value to the marketplace is so powerful. But being focused on the combination of the edu- educational-based content using, you know, our unique mechanism or unique methodology or, or whatever, what I, what I see is like us coming together as a collective mind and really sharing that marketing isn't about, you know, us wanting to, you know, just, you know, it, it's, this, it's, this, it's this one lens perspective but it's actually way bigger the way bigger perspective of us actually wanting to serve most individuals that are serious and committed about wanting to bring their message to the world Mm -hmm. yeah i agree that's all that's that's exactly what it is right um so i mean i you're right i think there could be a balance and i think for everyone that's different right like Maybe doing it this way works for this person. Doing it like this other way works for this person. But yeah, I agree. Like, you know, I guess um, for me, the balance that I'm trying, like the way I think you put that message out there to, for other marketers, for me, is by doing it yourself. I think the best way to... Yes. The, the yeah. best way to start any kind of movement or get make a change is by showing by example, right? So um, when I first started, got on Instagram and business, everything that I've ever done was like that. Like in the beginning of every time I start doing something, people are always like, son, you're doing that wrong. You should be doing this. Like, and and like 90% of the things that people advise me on, I'll listen to it. I understand the logic behind it but I don't necessarily always implement it, right? So the same thing happened on Instagram in the beginning. People, some people were like, hey, son, you should be using bright, colorful covers. Uh, don't write long captions, you know, have include these in your bio and like have call to action and all of these things, these tactics, which some of them I followed, but most of them I didn't. And then I just, and I just did me, right? But then after like, that was successful and it's, it started catching attention. Now all of those same people are looking at me and they were inspired. And now actually they want to do that. They, they don't want to do those Instagram tactics and they want to be themselves too. Like there's nothing more inspiring than seeing somebody who's just being themselves and they're proud of it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brother, I love it. And I totally resonate with that, man. It's like, let's be authentic. Let's be real. Let's be vulnerable. Let's share. It's like, you know, Gary talks about this. Gary Vee. It's like, you know, stop teaching everybody about everything and start just like, um, uh, uh, what, what is it? Like, like um, document. Yeah. Document, document. Yes, document. Perfect. And document about it, right? Like, um, and I think that that's so much more empowering because it's like, I don't, I, you know, there's so many fucking things that I don't know that I don't know that I don't know, and I'm okay with that. Right? Um, and just I want to keep learning. Yeah, like, and really, 
you know, empowering your superpower, right? Because there's, so I don't know if you, if you heard of this YouTube channel, it's called Awkward Since Birth. And it's this guy who's like the most awkward guy ever. Like he's probably like the most awkward guy that I've ever seen in my life. And being awkward is, is his superpower. And what he does is he goes on, he's like, he doesn't have a girlfriend. So he, he goes out and he just like live streams these dates that he goes on. And they're the most awkward dates. And this guy, like people love him because he's just truly being himself and he's documenting his journey of like getting a girlfriend, even though he's awkward. <laughs> and we all have a little bit of awkward side in us. Like we've all been in this, those dates. Yeah. where it was a little Absolutely. awkward yeah so people relate Absolutely, to him and i think yeah. that that's how you can embrace your superpower like you know without any shame judgment or just yeah. no shame no judgment just just be just be just be <laughs> we all have that superpower to be brother this was incredible man this was incredible i just really want to acknowledge all the gifts that you gave today and thank you for all the value and all the impact and all the results you're putting out into the world. I just want to really um, acknowledge that because I think that's super empowering. And I'm just grateful we got to connect. You know, this is the first time for us to connect. Um, I look forward to many more times in the future and, you know, really like, you know, staying connected. But if anybody wants to reach out to you, if anybody wants to know more information about your online course, about, you know, your services, about how they can work with you or know more information about you, what's the best way they can reach out to you? How can they connect? Yes, yeah, so I'm just getting started on here. So right now, all I have is Instagram. So cool. my Instagram handle is sun, S-U-N dot Y-I. So. Awesome. Amazing. And, and I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes. If there's anything that you want to use to connect, make sure you guys that are on here, you, um, you know, screenshots, share us. We'll share it happily with our um, you know, audiences. We want to, yeah. you know, just share the love and brother, um, you know, is there any final, you know, first of all, I have one last question. If you had three days to live, what would you do? Ooh. <laughs> if I had three days to live, I mean, like my, my family lives in Korea, so I don't get to see them mm. very often. So I would probably travel to Korea with my wife and spend some time there. Probably yeah. not, definitely not go on Instagram <laughs> yeah. if I had three days to live. <laughs> um, yeah. I love it, man. And also, That's I want to say, like, thank, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. This was a blast. So I'm honored to be Brother, here. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Likewise, dude. I, I, I honestly look forward to staying more in contact. I look forward to staying more in touch. And, uh, you know, let's let's keep bringing that collective consciousness to light so that we can, you know, help more people, you know, share their vision, their mission, their purpose with the world, bro. Bless you, brother. Sure. Much love. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>